On this episode of the Totally Biased Media Podcast, we talk about that sweet, sweet new Monster Hunter Rise game, offer some competitive extermination information, I make an offer Sword and Shield users can't refuse, and more. Stay tuned for this, the fifth episode, TBM. I'm Jackson Walkup, and I've got that number one victory royale. I'm Jason Simmons, and I just got bit by a Goldurn Bullfango. I'm Jordan Walkup, and I want you to want me. Folks, we're here with Monster Hunter Rise, the newest entry in one of the most complicated, storied, and mm, divisive gaming franchises in history and we're going to tell you all about it this game developed and published by capcom they brought you some other big hits like monster hunter monster hunter freedom monster hunter freedom 2 monster hunter freedom unite monster hunter frontier monster hunter 3 try monster hunter 3 ultimate monster hunter 4 ultimate Monster Hunter Generations, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, Monster Hunter World, Monster Hunter Dynamic Hunting, and Monster Hunter Stories. They also brought us some, eh, franchises you may or may not have heard of, like Resident Evil and Street Fighter. These guys have a little bit going on, but they are all on board for Monster Hunter, and Jackson is going to tell you what it is. Alright, so basically, uh, you play as a hunter, and there are these monsters. They're big. And you know what you do? You hunt them. What? Yeah. Revolutionary. That's it. That's the whole premise of the game. (laughs) Why don't you tell us a little bit about... mm, There's not a story. So why don't you tell us a little bit about like the (laughs) gameplay hook and the loop and stuff. Why this game is what it is. Yeah. So the loop is pretty simple. You start out with some basic gear. You go fight monsters. Fighting monsters gets you some more parts to craft with. You craft better gear to fight bigger monsters. And you just keep doing that until you don't feel like doing that anymore. Yeah. Yep. They get... You start off where you're fighting... I don't know, a little bird thing. Well, still big, but littler bird thing. And you end up fighting multiple dragons at once. And you go from using pretty standard swords to these wild weapons that are made out of monster teeth and bones and skins and all this stuff um yeah i started with using a bow and now i'm using two blades that look like guns hey look anybody who's anybody out there and the monster hunter fans they know where i'm coming from no it's all about that sword and shield (laughs) yeah sword and shield gang rise up so If there's one thing I know about the Monster Hunter series, it is that it is wholly inaccessible (laughs) to anyone who is not really into the series and has been for quite a while. They had Monster Hunter World, which was, I believe, all three of our first real experience with the Monster Hunter series uh, back in 2018. I actually, I played a lot of Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate on Ah. the 3DS. Like, I, gotcha. I probably have more time in that than I do in Rise. Ah, fair maybe, enough. Maybe even more than I have in World. <laughs> See, for me personally, I I think I owned one of them on the 3DS several years ago, but I barely gave it any time whatsoever. I was super overwhelmed. It's it The game throws so much at you so fast, and that hasn't really changed, but... Uh, Monster Hunter World was the first one that I really dug into, and I played tons and tons of that, but I don't have a ton of experience with anything else in the series. Jackson, you're you're in the same boat, right? Yeah, kind of. I remember uh, when Jason had Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate on 3DS that I played some of it, and I was like, you know what, I want to play this myself. Remind you, this is like a 10-year-old, so mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing in this game. 
So uh, I, I then go to buy it at GameStop, and I walk out with Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds. <laughs> nice. And then a few years later, I play like the first few hours of Monster Hunter World and don't touch it again for years. <laughs> yeah. So basically what I'm saying is we are not experts. And I think that a sizable chunk of the fan base for the Monster Hunter series is comprised of experts <laughs> and people that really know these games like the back of our hand. If you're one of those people, we're probably going to say a lot of things that are going to make you pretty angry. Hey, unless you're a sword and shield main, in which case I'm on your side. I just switched between that and the dual blades, but at heart, I'm a sword and shield guy. Yeah. I, I've i said it before, uh, and I'll say it again. The easiest way to get into Monster Hunter is to have a friend who's already really into Monster Hunter, and then they just tell yeah. you how to do everything, and it makes you yeah. not want to play Monster Hunter. But then yeah. eventually you pick it up on your own and you're like, hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> I like this game when I'm not being told exactly how to play it all the time. That is that is so accurate, though, because I have had other people that are just super into this game and they're like, you got to try this. And then I do and it's insufferable because it's just someone barking orders at you pretty much all the way through. But then when I did finally get into World totally on my own volition, I actually really enjoyed it. And then went to those same people and said, hey, what, what do I do in this situation? What does this mean? How does this work? And then it was much better. <laughs> I, guess the, I guess the main thing is you just, you have to choose Monster Hunter. <laughs> you can't let it, it, it doesn't come to you. You have to go to it on its terms. <laughs> well, a friend has to get you into it first. And then you go back to it on your own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how the first person got into Monster Hunter, but I do know how the second person got into Monster Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Jason, you kick us off. What are you thinking of the game so far? And how much have you played? All right. So I've played through the uh, the big title monster fight. Well, not title, but the big box art monster fight with the Magnamalo. Uh, oh, Magnamalo, I mean. <laughs> At which case, once you beat it, the credits roll. Uh, and you get access to a little bit more of the of the post-game content. This is before, or rather, there's a big update coming up later that I believe is supposed to add even more story content. And I'll probably play that when it comes out. But at this point, I've played all the story stuff there is to do. And I've done a couple of hunts afterwards. But uh, I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I think, you know, there's some things in it that I really like that are new and different and there are some things that i really miss from monster hunter world just based off how much i played of that one the fact that this one is on the the nintendo switch instead of you know playstation xbox pc and all that where you have much better online support kind of makes me only really want to play single player or with people that i'm actually in the room with and since we're still in quarantine at this point there's not a huge opportunity to hang out with anyone other than uh my co-host here <laughs> yeah did any of us try the online uh i did the same day that i got the game or maybe the day after and it functionally it was fine the actual gameplay experience was rough you you kind of have to be on the same wavelength as the people you're playing with to really get anything out of multiplayer and between the fact that i was playing with random people and the fact that Nintendo's online services are garbage. That was really hard to do. It just felt like it was three of us just all playing the same single player mission at the same time. Um, which honestly is kind of my experience with the three of us playing locally as well. <laughs> yeah, the actual like setting up a match wasn't as painful as I was anticipating, but there were there were some issues. Like, I played with randoms in World from time to time and had much better experiences than I did with this. Yeah, I hear what you're saying about the multiplayer kind of feeling like multiple people playing the same single player. Uh, but I do have to remind you that you were the only one using a heavy weapon in that match. Uh, hmm. So t to me, it did feel like someone else was there. And they were hitting me with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Because for some reason in Monster Hunter, only certain weapons seem to do any kind of uh, friendly fire damage. I don't think you take any damage when a partner hits you, but 
you can still get knocked around if someone's swinging a hammer around you, which I, I mean, maybe I just didn't run into it, but I don't think that happens if you're using, like, the dual blades or the sword and shield. So, mechanically, what did you guys think of the game? I mean, it's Monster Hunter. It, it feels the same, uh, generally, as... I mean, there are definitely some improvements, but overall, the feel has kind of remained consistent, at least for the past several entries. Mm-hmm. Um, it does feel a little bit... It's, it's more responsive than World, I would say. Uh, at least in kind of canceling some moves. And with the addition of the new Wirebug attacks, it, you're definitely a lot more mobile. Yeah, it... It was kind of weird for me because at first I really didn't like the way mobility and certain attack inputs felt compared to world. But the more time I spent with this game, the more I actually started to appreciate the difference in the feel. And that was something I didn't necessarily think I was going to click with. The the combat still never feels great, in my opinion, even after trying a bunch of different weapon weapon types on different monsters and different strategies and i watched tons of videos breaking all that stuff down it still never really felt right for some reason but definitely clicked a little more the more time that i spent with it and i feel like now if i were to go back to world i'm probably painting it in my head a little better than it actually was but world felt less like a monster hunter game in my opinion, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing all the time. Yeah, I do have to admit, World was definitely some of my best experiences with the Monster Hunter series. So, you know, at, at least on some level, I'm stuck kind of wearing rose-tinted glasses when I look back at the time I spent playing World. Because I had several friends that were all playing it with me at the same time. I mean, we you know did multiplayer quests together, even though... <laughs> some of the multiplayer in world was definitely really annoying now they've kind of split up single player and multiplayer missions the multiplayer missions just at least for the most part don't have cutscenes i can't think of any cutscenes i saw that were actually in the missions but granted i didn't play too much of the multiplayer portion single player still got all those cutscenes. you know uh, you get to watch there's a little poem at the beginning of each hunt <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and the poems are all really bad. You know, speaking of the monsters, I I do like a lot of the new designs of mm-hmm. at least of the monsters. Uh, some of the new armor designs are, eh. yeah. <laughs> at least in my opinion, they don't really fit my style. I like you know kind of the sleeker stuff. Uh, I definitely I like the ones that kind of show off your character still, not the ones that mm. you know completely cover you head to toe. Maybe that's just a personal <laughs> taste thing. I think my biggest problem with the armor is that like if you want to try to even out your resistance stats, you ha- you're gonna have to pick pieces from different sets. So my character looks real bad. So Jackson, you're definitely the least experienced with the series of the three of us. What did you think of just the feel of the game? So to, to really get into that, I'm going to have to go back to World first. Even though I didn't play much of it, I think the thing that really made it not too great for me was the fact that I was playing it completely on my own. Uh, I didn't really talk to anyone about it. So I get being ashamed of playing Monster Hunter. <laughs> so that's probably a good bit of the reason I didn't end up liking it and just eventually stopped playing it with this game though where us three have been talking about it a lot i feel like i know a bit more about like what i'm doing and i think that makes it a good bit better Mm -hmm. it's definitely a social game for sure even if you're still playing primarily by yourself it is definitely good to read stuff online and watch videos and get other people's take on how they prefer things like it it is a social game yeah, yeah um, there's this big rule in media uh, called, you know, show, don't tell. And Monster Hunter really follows that. They, for all their tutorials, they show you giant walls of text. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yep. that's, that's all you get for tutorials. It's like, yeah, I hope you want to read through, you know, an entire book <laughs> worth of tutorials if you haven't played the game before and then it's like oh you have played the game before well surprise we threw some new stuff in but it's just in the middle of those tutorials you're never gonna know which ones it is well which... it's wild because i keep seeing reviews and stuff 
by people that are really familiar with the series. And they keep saying things like, it's the most accessible game in the series. This is the easiest one to jump into. And like, yeah, I guess. But this is still literally the most complicated game series I can even think of. Yeah, like, I've been reading... It it probably is the easiest one to get into, just because this game is really easy in comparison to the other games in the series. Yes, I... I died a lot in World, and I have not lost a mission in Monster Hunter Rise, other than when I was playing with other people. Shut up. (laughs) I didn't realize Um, I had a bad armor stat, okay? (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's such a dense game, and it's given to you with no explanation unless you search it out yourself, which... I know people are going to try and defend that choice of like, well, if you just went to the menus and read this, this, and this, it would make sense. But no other game makes you do that. There are games that are much more complicated in premise that explain themselves so much better than this. And it's just, it's frustrating because I look at Monster Hunter games and see really cool core mechanics that are bogged down by such tedious decisions. And it's it's a bummer. I think it for me, it's sort of like it's like it's like an entire genre that's just totally inaccessible to me. I think the most comparable one would be uh like one on one brawler or fighting games. Like I look at people playing Street Fighter in these big national tournaments and things, and what I see is really cool, and I think, man, I wish I could do that. But then I go to actually play those games, and it is just nonsense to me. Like, it is very cool to watch, and still fun to play with friends, but I'm never going to be on that level where I truly understand what this game could be. I mean, it's worth mentioning with those, the game tells you how to do, you know, all the moves at least. I mean, if you go to trainings and stuff like that, I'm talking about in fighting games, not in Monster Hunter. (laughs) but like with fighting games there's generally a training mode and it'll be like all right do this move and it'll give you like the button combinations and stuff like that and it'll get you know progressively harder but at you know at some level there's a tutorial where it's actually making you do all the stuff in the game or you know all the moves that a character has or at least the vast majority of them monster hunter doesn't have anything like a tutorial where it actually makes you you know practice <laughs> it's just like mm-hmm. here's all the tools have fun bye <laughs> uh if you want to know more please consult the game guide <laughs> if you want to know more please consult youtube <laughs> um which like i will say this has nothing to do with the quality of the game itself but like props to the monster hunter fandom because most totally inaccessible games will take uh from software games for example um they have that sort of get good culture around them where someone's like hey this boss is really hard what do i do and people are like lol get better at the game when what they really mean is go to this bridge fight this enemy open this chest which will give you this item which is really strong against this boss like it's never just get good but they want to make it that way but like anytime i've been on the monster hunter subreddit or seen youtube videos or even just seen you know, different posts of people complaining about the game, people are really quick to jump in and be like, hey, try this, this works better, this does this, or just saying like, it's fine, we know this game isn't for everybody. Like, it's it's a very different environment on the Monster Hunter social medias and stuff than with most very complicated games. Well, let's uh let's get back to the game a little bit. You know, there's a bunch of new monsters in this one. Have you guys, you know, gotten... I assume you guys have done at least a fair number of the hunts in the game. I mean, what's everyone's yeah. favorite new monster? <laughs> and um, why is it the Bishatin? <laughs> that is such a cool one, isn't it? I don't I, even know I don't... what that one is. It's a monkey <laughs> with a tail and like... It throws fruit. And it also has the best armor set in the game, in my opinion. <laughs> or at least uh, of the ones I've seen. And that is only talking about new stuff. Because the Bishatin, I believe, is brand new to rise and i don't know enough about the series to know 100 percent which ones are new and which ones are not um and as far as like the look of things i think that the world is a big step down from monster hunter world like the environments don't look nearly as good but i think i actually like the way the monsters look better in this game because they're less 
realistic, I guess is the word, but they're more stylized and they're more unique. Yeah, they definitely took a more stylized approach with a lot of the new monsters, especially with stuff like the Magnamalo, where it just straight up looks like a uh, like a samurai uh, shogun kind of thing going on. Yeah, really nice looking, Uh, but it doesn't quite look realistic, does it? (laughs) No, no, but I do think it's probably my favorite design of the monsters I fought so far. Like it looks cool. It has cool abilities. The armor and weapons from it are all great. Like, I get why this is the one they base so much of the game around. And, I mean, I've played quite a bit of it. I'm, like, 25-ish hours in. I've beaten the, or I've gotten the credits to roll, and I've done several hunts in the quote-unquote post-game. And, like, I've, I feel like I've gotten a pretty good feel for the world. And, like, overall, I, I still personally feel like it's kind of a step down for Monster Hunter World. But I will say there are some pretty cool decisions like new additions and changes to some mechanics and it it overall feels it feels like a step in the wrong direction but that doesn't mean all of the changes were bad yeah i mean it's worth mentioning the maps in this are they're much less uh vertical not to say there isn't you know vertical components to them and actually getting around you know like climbing between these layers is a lot easier now since you have the wire bug, which lets you run on walls, and you can run up walls for a little bit and use the wire bug again to reattach yourself and get over the edge. But I honestly really liked the the more vertical designs that they had in Monster Hunter World. Uh, and I especially really liked how the monsters would move between the layers more in World. I feel like the monsters in this game are a lot more uh, stationary. <laughs> Like, I, I definitely remember doing hunts in World where I was chasing monsters all throughout the map, but I can only even think of... I mean, generally, each monster will move once, maybe twice during the fight. But they're still going to very scripted locations. Yeah, like, you can almost always guess where they're going to go. Um, yeah. I mean, it tells you where they're going to go, for one. Right. But I mean, it's usually, it's like, oh, if it's in this location, it's probably going to go to this location when it moves. The maps, I mean, they, they don't look bad or anything. They do seem very video game-y. Like, they're pretty good-sized maps, but generally speaking, they have several sort of big circular areas, and you kind of know that's where all the fighting's going to happen and that everything else is just a way to get between those spots. I mean, it's not not necessarily a negative. It makes it a little more predictable. And I yeah, think, for and- me, predictability is the game sort of... It's, it's sort of its own worst enemy. On top of the monsters not moving around a lot, I distinctly remember, you know, some monsters in in 4 Ultimate and World where, you know, the the area where you were fighting them would have, like, an area of leaf coverage above it. And the monster would switch between, you know, like, hanging from the ceiling or just straight up go onto the roof of the area you're in and you'd have to climb up to them. And they could, you know, move between those two layers at will. And I honestly thought that was pretty cool, seeing the monsters kind of use their environment to their advantage, and you just don't see that as much in this one. Even the flying monsters seem to really like to hang onto the ground, for the most part. I mean, when I fought the Raytheon, which was probably one of the better fights in the game, in my opinion, at least, I haven't done, you know, all the post-game stuff. I'm sure that something good will come up, you know, once I start doing high rank fights, and maybe even, you know, the encounters will be more mobile, in the high high rank stuff. When I was fighting the Raytheon, like <laughs> it never flew more than like a foot above the ground. Its tail was almost always touching the ground. <laughs> it only ever did like two moves in midair. I don't think I've fought any of the flying monsters yet, but the ground monsters they're I think I've had too many monsters, even now that I figured out that my uh defense stat was very bad. Even now that I've fixed that, I feel like there's still a bunch of monsters that can, like, do so much damage to you in just a single hit. I mean, that's kind of the name of the game, right? <laughs> right, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're monsters. Like, when you're fighting them, the idea, especially, I mean, you said you're using dual blades. You, you are using the bow, and now you're using the dual blades. I mean, both of those weapons are, you know, based on mobility. Right. Like, definitely the dual blades are. So, I mean, if you're getting hit, you're playing the weapon wrong. Well, right, but also they both have, both the bow and the dual blades have um, an XA attack that makes you stationary and you cannot move out of that. 
So I've had multiple times, especially with the dual blades, where a monster has been down, and I go to do that attack, and they get up before it finishes, and then they hit me and do a bunch of damage that I cannot avoid. That's risk-reward for you. You wanted to do the big damage, you gotta take the risk of taking big damage. It is, I think one of the biggest things with the Monster Hunter series is just, it is very fundamentally different than other action RPGs. And I think that's what has made it such a cult classic, but also makes it so hard to get into. Because if this game were made by any other developer, any given mission, you would have, you would go out in this map and you would fight dozens of little monsters and it would lead up to this big boss fight and you would probably have to whittle it down in different ways or you'd have to attack it from different angles or do some kind of almost like puzzle mechanics to open it up and this game doesn't have any of that most of the fights you're only going to be focusing on one monster there aren't different like i mean there are definitely different strategies but there's not clear openings all the time and all the monsters sort of behave like real animals kind of would in those situations where it's defending itself. And a lot of it is just so different. It's not that it's bad or good or anything. It's just so different. Like, it's just an odd game <laughs> and has been since its inception in the PlayStation 2 era. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a lot of the charm of it, right? I mean every mission you're generally only going after one monster i mean it's like a hunt and if you want to you can you can get kind of deep into it you can figure out you know at least uh on some level what the monster's gonna do while it's traveling around the map you know if you wait long enough a lot of times they'll go to sleep or they'll do something and you can set up traps for them there is definitely a ton of options with this game that you don't see in other action adventure games which i i appreciate but it, it feels like there's just so much missing, and it's not. It's just I don't personally know how to do it or when the best time to do something is, and it's just hard to get my head wrapped around. Like, I know that everything that I dislike about this game is integral to the game, <laughs> and I'm sure there are fans that would say if it's any more inaccessible or if it's any more accessible, it just isn't the same game anymore. And I get that. Like, I, I understand fans wanted this very specific type of game for a very long time. That's probably not going to change. But I just, I don't think Monster Hunter is ever going to have this big overarching appeal unless they really loosen things up in the future. And I, I don't think they can do that without losing a lot of their core base. Because even with this game, you will see periodic reviews or social media posts complaining about how simple and dumbed down this game is and as someone who is not familiar with this game like this franchise very much like nothing about this feels simple once again though fights very easy now i mean these are definitely some of the easiest monsters that i've fought in the series like i said earlier maybe this is different for the high rank versions of monsters, but it doesn't feel like there's the same level of strategizing that you had in no. the old games, which I think kind of takes away part of the appeal. You know, I was kind of thinking today, Monster Hunter is kind of, <laughs> it, it reminds me of when I sort of felt my preference in music shifting, like in high school and early into college, because you'll find these bands which are a little more obscure, a little more out there, a little less traditional. And you might really stick to those things or you might bounce off inside it's not for you. But Monster Hunter specifically <laughs> is almost like... Like I discovered it with World, which would be the equivalent of like when the band quote-unquote sold out. <laughs> and I actually really liked it. And then Monster Hunter Rise feels like the band is trying to course correct and get back to their original roots, what made the the original fans truly happy. And now I'm just like, mm, not feeling it. <laughs> yeah, and on, on some level, it feels kind of like they're course correcting, but it also feels like they're trying a little too hard with this one to also maintain the crowd from world. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a, a weird balancing act, I suppose. Well, I guess yeah. that's a good segue into this. I think there are two fundamentally different or new or just out of the scope of monster hunter things about this game and for me personally 
they are divisive. <laughs> um, so the wire bug is one of the main big ones, and I love the wire bug. Everything that it adds to the game is excellent, in my opinion. The other are the rampage missions, and I do not like those at all. <laughs> um, they are not fun and do not fit the game, in my opinion. Jackson, did you get a chance to do any of the rampage missions? I have not, but my next my next urgent mission is a rampage mission. <laughs> it's like tower defense, ah, but but, but not fun. <laughs> I was wondering when those missions were going to come in because you guys have talked yeah. about those a little. Yeah, there there is potential for there to be a good mode that combines the style of Monster Hunter with the tower defense game. This is not it. <laughs> this is not fun. This, no, no. It, I think if it would have totally abandoned the Monster Hunter mechanics during it, and you were just operating the turrets between placing them or using the manual guns and things like that, it would have been fine. But the fact that you're still navigating it as a character with the same move potential as you do in any other mission it just it feels all wrong the monsters don't react to towers like they should none of the towers feel they're not balanced they do really weird different things it has a weird progression mechanic to it that i don't dig like yeah i I really don't like anything about mayhem that being said you only have to do two of them (laughs) i have a major complaint with the fact that you cannot just climb up the uh (laughs) the defense walls you have mm. to use your wire bug to get up them. Yes, that is so annoying. So that means you're going to be limited on how often you can even climb up to pl- to place a tower or look at the layout or whatever. Yeah, there's just... I think that there was a, probably a pitch meeting where they were really excited about this prospect of a Monster Hunter tower defense, and they just did not know how to actually make it happen at all and realized that a little bit too late. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it is not fun. Again, makes up... Three percent of the game, but <sighs> I mean, we can talk a little bit about the mounting because I just wanted to complain about it. <laughs> ah, yes, that is also bad. <laughs> they changed the way mounting works. Uh, now it's based on, I think it's partially based on aerial attacks, uh, and also based on your wire bug attacks, and then also it just randomly will let you do it, <laughs> uh, and it's not as fun as it was in monster hunter world i mean there are there's really cool it's called wyvern riding now you can actually control the monster ram it into other monsters you can even kind of like (laughs) you can have a pokemon fight with your with your monsters riding on the back of them telling them what to do but they changed it to where one wyvern riding is the only kind of mounting wyvern riding one it's harder to control when it happens. Uh, I mean, I used wirebug attacks a lot for a while and still never saw it. Granted, I was using the dual blades. Perhaps, you know, maybe it's harder to trigger with a light weapon like that. And I would have had better luck with, you know, something like the longsword or a hammer. I, I just didn't enjoy it. I, I don't know. It didn't feel like it was something I was working towards. It just felt like mm-hmm. something where I was like, oh, it happened. Nice. Yeah. It feels way too RNG heavy for it to be in a game that is so precise. Yeah, it felt like there were some things that are changed or gone or something that probably shouldn't have been. And I know part of that is the limitations of the Switch as a console, which I think is sort of one of the game's biggest vices and virtues, because even though I think it had to take a pretty big hit in performance and the online is atrocious... I do think the portability of it goes a long way. I Yeah, I do believe Monster Hunter is really built on its portability. I mean, I think that a major strength is that if you have friends that have Monster Hunter, generally those are also the kinds of people that are going to be carrying their, their console around with them if they can. <laughs> yeah, You can get you know friends together just to play you know, a, a hunt or two. Everybody yeah. has their Switch with them anyways. Granted, mm-hmm. right now during quarantine, that's not a, a huge strength. But you know, maybe yeah. as as lockdown restrictions kind of soften and people get vaccinated and such, maybe it'll be a, a bigger thing. You know, going out and hanging out with friends to play some Monster Hunter. Jackson, anything you thought was especially good or especially bad or especially weird about the game to mention before we take a break? Honestly, don't really have anything that I think is extremely good or extremely bad. Everything. 
I think it's just where I haven't really played a previous Monster Hunter. Everything in this is extremely new to me. So I don't really have anything to compare it to. So it so nothing can feel like it's very bad or very good. Okay, well with that, let's uh let's take a quick break and then we're gonna come back talk about some uh of the professional reviews out there. Hi, we here at Kimura Village Exterminators know that you have pests, and we're ready to hunt them down for you. My name is Todd Welling, and I've been an exterminator in Kimura Village for 26 years. I have experience with all the pests in your neck of the woods, whether it's a Banahabra, a Baggy, or even a Jagras. Last week, I had a lady complain of a rachnoid infestation in a basement. I handled it in 15 minutes with minimal damage to the foundation. Got a bigger threat you need taken care of? We offer competitive prices for the handling of all your major beasts, including, but not limited to, Somnicants, Diablos, Rathalos, and even the mighty Magnamalo. Grrr. Come on down to Kimura Village Exterminators, the only exterminators who can save you from getting bitten by a Rathian and getting bitten in your wallet. So we're back, and I wanted to take a look at what some other people are saying about Monster Hunter Rise. Now this first one, this pretty much sums up what every single review for this game seems to look like online. This is a review from GameSkinny, and they gave the game a perfect 100 out of 100. And they said, Monster Hunter Rise does more than rise to the occasion. It utterly outdoes itself. Monster Hunter Rise, as it stands, might be one of the easiest games in the series, but is also one of the most flexible and ultimately satisfying in each and every regard, and for that, it deserves full marks. Let me just go ahead and say I disagree with ultimately satisfying in each and every regard. (laughs) Like I complained about earlier, I feel like the hunts require a lot less thought to be put into them. Yeah. I I didn't feel as accomplished when I was taking out some of the bigger monsters as I did in previous games. Uh, And, I mean, that really culminates in... I mean, it was probably one of the best fights in the game with the the Magnum Allo, at least of the fights I've played. But I still don't even think it was, you know... I don't think it was in the top five of the best fights that I've ever done in Monster Hunter. Yeah. It's... It is very easy, and it's very repetitive. Like, I talk about the complicated nature of this game, because you'll look at your items, and you'll have a thousand things that you don't know what they do, and you have so many pages on your menu of things you'd never even have to think about. But really, if you just understand how healing items, and stamina, and weapon sharpening, and that's about it. If you just know those things, and you have some general understanding of how your attacks work, you can make it through every single fight in this game with basically zero thought. Like, it's it's very easy. That is the only thing I agree with in this review. I mean, it's yeah. definitely flexible. I mean, with additions of, uh, you know, stuff like the Palamute, the new dogs that you can ride around, and, you know, they definitely help you in combat. Sometimes they'll jump onto monsters for you. I, I mean, I think that even when you're playing single player, there's a lot of options that are opened up for you by those two things. Maybe even more options than what you would have playing, at least playing single player in previous games. But I don't think it's a perfect game. <laughs> or I don't, I don't even think it's that close to a perfect game. I think this next review pretty pretty accurately sums up my thoughts and this is a review from the new game network where they gave it a 71 out of 100 monster hunter rise aims at old school fans those who were here before monster hunter world and will be sure to enjoy themselves with this compact entry but for those who just recently came aboard the franchise it feels like a step down and for me that is the biggest thing about this game is that all of my complaints are prefaced by because i liked it better in Monster Hunter World, <laughs> X, Y, and Z, it I get why they did why they did the game the way they did, and I get why they made the changes they did. 
and I get that that's probably a good thing for someone who's been playing the game for years and years and years, but it just, it's not for me. <laughs> Nothing about this game is for me. <laughs> I mean, on the other hand, I'll probably continue playing this. I, I imagine I'll probably even put more time into it in Monster Hunter World, just because there, there is a lot that's streamlined from World, but at the same time, I mean... I, I feel like they were they were working kind of hard on course correction to you know get old school fans to really like the game like the review said while also trying to maintain the uh, quote unquote you know uh, approachability that world really brought to the series but on top of that world had a lot of spectacle to it that's just missing from rise yep. which I mean I I don't think that that's I, I get they want this one to be more compact, maybe. I, I mean, it, that's what the review says. They said they think it's a more compact entry. And I can kind of get that if that's the intention. But you're bringing a lot of people in with World who are there for the spectacle. And you're taking you know, one of the main sticking points out. <laughs> yeah. They were there for the spectacle. And now they get a full page of text. <laughs> So I think that this last review is probably my favorite of them. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I do like the way it's written. This is just a random person on Metacritic uh, whose username is 3Pac <laughs> and gave the game a 5 out of 10. They say, As a newcomer, I wanted to like this game, but everything about it feels dated and convoluted, ultimately sucking the fun out of it. The controls are some of the worst of any game I've ever played. Clunky, slow actions that can't be canceled feel really feel like they are from the PS2 era. Way too many mechanics to this game, most of which don't add anything enjoyable. Again, they feel like leftovers from the DS versions of the game. Interrupting a fight to sharpen your weapon? Who would want to do that while managing like 20 other things? Or taking forever to sheath their weapon before you can actually run? Why? I was convinced by veterans of the series that this would be a great time to jump in, but this game simply doesn't hold up to the streamlined standard of modern action game controls and mechanics. It just feels like an outdated port. I think Thank as you, a newcomer, <laughs> as a newcomer, this review really makes a lot of sense to me. Because, like, mm. it does feel like I am playing a game that came out years before 2021. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. still, it's still all right. It just there's a lot of things in it that feel like they would not be in a game in the time that we're in. Look, yeah. I can break apart every single thing this guy said and kind of explain my opinions on it at least. I mean, his first complaint is that you know everything feels clunky and slow and can't be canceled. I mean, I think that's kind of the point with the controls. It's not clunky and slow so much as you know deliberate you need to think through your actions before you make them you can't just go around willy-nilly attacking or you're gonna either get attacked you know first <laughs> or right. you're just not gonna be able to attack or uh, hit the monster at all right i agree with that but also like there are some things that do not make sense why you can't cancel them and let, no no there's not some things there's a lot of things there have been way way too many times where I've thought, why am not why why am I not able to cancel this action? And that should not be happening that much. You need to be putting more thought into your actions, is the thing. I mean I know that's something that you just pick up over time. It's not something you can just learn instantly. But right. I mean, a big part of Monster Hunter is making sure that everything you do needs to be deliberate. You can't just uh I mean, if you're using the dual blades, you can't just go with the demon dance, which is that's the uh, the XA attack that you'd mentioned earlier that you can't cancel. Yeah, you need to save that for you know special occasions when you right. know you're only gonna when you know you're going to be able to get all the damage off without being interrupted. Yeah, which like I understand you do need to think about your actions a lot with this game, but it still feels weird that you can't cancel stuff like the demon attack while you're in the middle of it. And I think that this just shows that this game is just, I mean, it's just divisive. There are going to be people that think it's actually good you have to be so deliberate and so forward-thinking with everything you do in the game. And there are going to be other people who just want something different out of action-adventure games like this that don't want that level of depth to every single move they make. 
I and I think that's part of the issue is that I don't I don't consider these it's not an action adventure game. I mean, it it's a hunting game at least on some level. Yeah. I, I mean Yeah. I mean, it's right in the name. <laughs> right. <laughs> he also complains it's... about sharpening, which I think is one of the cooler aspects of it, because it actually, you know, you need to keep track of your tools. You can't let your tools, you know, get too dull from just attacking you over and over. And I, I think that's yeah. one of the things that I really like about this game, that you do need to keep up with stuff like that. I mean, it's punishment for either attacking too much <laughs> without taking a break, yeah. or for hitting things... Uh, in spots that you shouldn't be hitting them you know if you you have monsters like i think it's the basarios or something like that yeah that it's completely covered in a hard shell so if you're using you know a small sharp weapon then your attacks are just gonna bounce off you're gonna destroy your weapons yeah and then like some weapons like uh you can upgrade the dual blades to a bone version they have worse sharpness but they do more damage so you've got stuff like that to consider with it. So like, you know, if you don't like having to sharpen stuff a lot, go with something with less damage and better sharpening. I, I, sharpness, I would say, is more important than damage. Knocking a part off of an enemy yeah, uh, is yeah, definitely kind of a bigger focus. Especially yeah, I if you can cut that. a monster's the, uh, tail off. <laughs> I honestly do not like the first bone blades at all. <laughs> the moment I got those, I switched to something with better sharpening. <laughs> Okay, well, we've been talking about Monster Hunter for almost an hour now, and it feels like it's been much longer than that. Maybe so, to you. <laughs> let's uh, let let's wrap things up, Jackson. What's what's your overall take on Monster Hunter Rise? So, you know, I don't really know what to say about how accessible it is compared to previous games because I have not really played previous games, but I do have to say it does not feel very accessible. So if this is somehow more accessible than the past games, I don't understand how anyone got into those games. <laughs> but yeah. I, I feel like, you know, there's a bunch of menu tutorials that you'll be put that you'll be given through the game, and I read all of them, but there are so many of them that come one after another, especially in the very beginning, that you tend to forget some of the things. Like, I completely forgot fishing was a thing for a while until I went by a pond and it asked me if I wanted to fish. (laughs) But uh, I think my biggest pro is, even though I've not really tried all of them, I really like just how many different weapons there are for you to choose from. There's a lot of variety in there. Because, like, even with, uh, what is there, like, 10 different weapon types? I believe it's actually 16. 16, that's a lot. And, like, a few of them are ranged ones, few of them are, uh, most of them are melee ones, but, like, even in each of those, there are different ones you can upgrade those weapons to. Like, you can upgrade the dual blades, which just start out as normal dual blades, to, uh, like, ones that are laced with poisoned and look like revolvers. And I just, I really like that there's a lot of diversity there in the weapons. But, uh, also, I think... I, again, I don't know how to compare it to past Monster Hunter games, but... Well, you don't have to. Just think of it as its own game. The the hunts, they do feel a little easy. I think, as we said earlier, there is only one time that I have been... Like, that I have failed a mission. Like, and the very tiny bit I played a world, I do remember being... Like, the first, I think, big monster of the fight, um, I do remember that being pretty hard. And again, like, I don't think that was really anything to do with being, like, somewhat of not a newcomer for Rise, since I played a tiny bit of World. I think it is just a whole lot easier than World. So what do you think of the game? Uh, I guess, uh, it's, it's alright, um... coming in with those hot takes uh i if i had to give it a score which you do a six or a ten a six or a ten i mean uh sorry a six wild sorry (laughs) a six or a seven out of ten well you gotta pick one uh it's just 
You can go. We can go six and a half. Does that? Sound yeah, fair? I'm gonna go six and a half because six seems too low. Seventeen, seven seems too high. Because like, the game is not <laughs> bad. It's not a bad game. It's just. It's not even that. It's not a good game. It's. It's just. A, it's a weird game. Well, my opinion's been on my sleeve the whole time. I really like Monster Hunter. <laughs> I really like this Monster Hunter game. Um, Sword and Shield Gang Rise Up. Any Dual Blades fans out there, make sure to hit me up. Yeah, I like Dual Blades too. And I'll be like, hey, you want to play Monster Hunter? And then we'll play Monster Hunter. Bam. That's how <laughs> friendship works. Hey, hey, Jason, I like what? Dual Blades too. Actually, I've changed my mind about the previous <laughs> offer. <laughs> I would no longer like to make friends with any Dual Blade player. I'm going to be more exacting now. But, you know, let us know what your favorite weapon is. <laughs> Uh, but like I was saying, I really enjoy Monster Hunter. I really enjoy this Monster Hunter game, too. I don't quite think it's, you know, as good as World, but I also don't really think my job here is to complain uh, or to compare it to Monster Hunter World. I think we're just trying to say whether this game is good or bad. I like the new monsters. I like some of the new armor sets, and I really like a lot of the new weapons. So I think overall, I'm, I'm going to give the game, uh, I want to go 8.5 out of 10 i i like playing monster hunter quite a bit and i didn't realize until we were recording this podcast how much i enjoy talking about monster hunter which is something i've not had a chance to do since uh monster hunter world released <laughs> yeah um, we tend to not share our thoughts on games until we are on mic now and it's kind of a bummer because like i have had a lot of things i wanted to say about this game that i've tried to hold back and i think we held back a little too much about this game yeah Um, i mean based on the fact that uh you know here's a little podcast magic for you you won't be able to tell but we've been talking for over an hour (laughs) yeah we do not hit that mark on anything else (laughs) and just just a reminder about our scoring system anything above a five is good i mean like good five is mediocre which is code for okay (laughs) so when i when i say an 8.5 i'm not saying you know this isn't an ign 8.5 shots fired this is a totally biased media 8.5 where we use the whole scale (laughs) yeah no parts cut out yeah (laughs) 8.5 is an 8.5 not that's an 85th percentile Okay, so Jackson already gave us one hot take about Monster Hunter Rise. I'm about to hit you with a second one. Monster Hunter Rise is fine. Ooh, wow. <laughs> it, huh. it exists on a bell curve, but for me, unfortunately, that bell curve starts at fine and several hours in gets up to okay. And then works its way back down to fine. <laughs> and it's it's totally personal preference. I think that this game does everything it sets out to do. I just don't enjoy it very much. I think it looks and runs better than just about anything else on the Switch. It just doesn't feel like what I want out of this series. And it's still just so complicated in a way that doesn't make any sense why it would be that complicated. And... I don't know. It's not to say I didn't have fun with it at times, but there was just so much in the middle that I just couldn't get into. I, I'm i going to have to give it a 5.5. So, like, don't get me wrong. I totally get what this game is going for. It's just not for me. Maybe you're not for the game. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds about right. That means our final review score for this game the totally biased media review. We're going to use two sig figs. No, we can only <laughs> use one. That's how math works. 6.8 is our final review. Mm. Uh, I'm not Ooh, super buddy. happy with that review, but you know, whatever. That's what, <laughs> that's how, that's how it works when you got three people reviewing a game. And Hey, we got three different perspectives from three different levels of familiarity with monster hunter and I recognize that I probably am going to upset any Monster Hunter fans listen to this episode. But, like, you do you. I'm not judging you. I'm jealous of you, actually. I wish I could get into this game like you do. But I just, I'm not there. And it's just me as a person. It's I, I, I get what it's going for. And it's just, it's not my cup of tea. 
So, and I and I really, even though I think it doesn't resonate with me because of it, like I, I have a lot of respect for Capcom for sticking to their guns on things that a lot of other developers aren't, so that they can be more successful or widespread accessible and monster hunter it knows what it is and it sticks to that and like even though it's not for me i i get that and i i appreciate that well now that that's out of the way what else have you guys been into lately jason you want to go first or uh <laughs> no i i think don't you always go first i think i do yeah yeah i, I was we... about to be like jackson that's your cue yeah we i, I don't think we ever actually made an order we just <laughs> hey kind uh, of been hey leave the, the leave thing. this in this is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jackson, go. What you got? Uh, so you know, I haven't been able to do much because homework and stuff. But uh, when I, when I'm eating food and stuff, I've been watching Young Justice because that's on HBO Max now, which is probably one of my favorite superhero shows, uh, animated superhero shows. That is, I really like the cast of characters, especially in the second season. They bring in just a whole lot of characters. And there's a five-year time jump between the first and second season, so characters age a lot. Like, in the first season, you've got Dick Grayson, uh, Robin. And in the second season, he's Nightwing now, which I really like. And then they also got Tim Drake, Robin. Um, but you've also got characters like, uh, what's his name? Beast Boy. He's introduced in season two. You got Blue Beetle, who's actually a big focus in the second season. And I really like that. Uh, I haven't watched season three yet. Don't know how that is. I'm hoping it's good. Yeah, uh, Jason, what have you been doing? Oh, me? Yeah. Y'all know what I've been doing. <laughs> it's this little game called Welcome to Week 3. Me talking about <laughs> Disco Elysium. <laughs> the new voice acting, as I mentioned previously, is tight. And it gets better the further into it you go. Because uh, you run into more characters. So that's more more people that talk <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first disco elysium has characters that talk hey i'm just saying the the more the more weird words i hear that i can pronounce now instead of just having to guess the better yeah. uh i mean i am a big fan of disco elysium i won't talk about it too much right now i'll save that i'll save it for later because i already talked about it last week uh other than that I I finished watching Thirty Rock, uh, again. I love that show. <laughs> um, it's one of it's probably the only show that I've enjoyed a rewatch as much as I enjoyed the initial watch. Um, just because of how funny it is and how many like kind of smaller jokes that you, you kind of slip under the radar <laughs> when you're watching it the first time. I mean, you got a lot of hints to like weird stuff about uh, Kenneth's immortality <laughs> you can start you can see stuff like that joke that you know doesn't really get mentioned out loud until maybe season five you can see stuff in the first season that's just like hmm well that's interesting yeah <laughs> uh other than that i i started watching house the other day uh because i was like i finished 30 rock what's the next funniest show out there so i picked a, yeah. a you know a drama about hospitals yeah. Ah. The main thing I want to talk about this week is an album. It's got some hot tracks dating all the way back to 2009. I'm talking about the band Fun's Aim and Ignite. Now talking for me, about Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever it's called. Um, yeah. Aim and Ignite is one of the best albums ever made. Um, I've been listening to it a ton. I kind of go through these cycles of I listen to only new music, then I listen to only old music, and then only new music and back and forth. And I'm very much on a kick of listening to a lot of the tracks that I got really into in high school and early college. And Fun was my favorite band for years. Um, and Aim and Ignite, their first album, is probably the most diverse album ever. Um, you could almost say every track's like a different genre, but they all have one thing in common. That's that they are all bangers. Um, this is such a good album. It has not aged at all. Like it still sounds like it sounds like something that could have came out today or 20 years ago. 
Um, it is it is so good across the board. Love fun. Love the album. You should listen to it. Fun. If you're out there and listening to this, any of the three of you, just let me know. I'm still waiting for that. Or just let me know if you're uh, still planning on making that comeback. <laughs> oh, and I'm also, if if any of you would like to, uh, you know, guest spot on an episode of the podcast, <laughs> please reach out to us. Um, that goes double for Jack Antonoff. No offense. No, yeah. no offense to anyone else, but yeah. I just yeah. think he'd be a really fun guy to have on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're going to swing big. Our first guest is going to be Jack Antonoff. <laughs> um, Who? Okay. Well, <laughs> everyone, I think that just about does it for this episode of Totally Biased Media. If you like what you heard or want to tell us you didn't like what you heard, you can reach us a couple of different ways. Primarily on Twitter at TBMcast or Instagram at Totally Biased Media. And if you have your suggestions for things we should review or want to send us your own reviews for things that we could read on the podcast, you can send that to our email, which is totallybiasedmedia at gmail.com. So any thoughts on the show, any suggestions for what to talk about, any segments you want to hear, send them our way and we'll work them in if at all possible. So please drop us a line. And anybody that uses sword and shield or dual blades in (laughs) Monster Hunter, that goes double for you. Hit us up. <laughs> yeah. All right, I will. We were actually looking for a new third host to replace Jackson. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, I am Jordan Walkup. I'm Jason Simmons. And I'm Jackson Walkup. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. It's all right.